0: Good morning. Awesome day. So, we're going to talk about some, some good stuff here. Keys for promotion and uh, and being entrusted with a little. We're going to talk about things that hinder promotion. Uh, and when a promotion isn't for men, really, we're talking about promotion from the Lord. Um, uh, hindering promotion or advancement or growth or multiplication, uh, these types of things will there's some things here we're going to talk about that hinder it, and we're going to talk some things about some things that enhance it, okay, um, that actually help you grow, okay, but then also talk about some things that do not help you grow. So we're going to start out with a negative first, because I, I want to add on a good note. So we'll start with the, the hard scriptures first, and then we'll end with the nice scriptures last. Um, so I'm going to take everybody to a passage that they probably haven't read or they haven't heard very much in, in church. We're gonna go to uh, Numbers chapter 11, and I gotta correct something because I think I've preached before um, about a story in the Bible about this story in the Bible, and I think I, I actually mis mis, uh, I misstepped on it. I, it's about the quail that comes, and uh, I, I think in the past I've taught that the quail there was so much quail that it um, that it spoiled. And that's not what happened. It's slightly different, okay? So, uh, we're going to basically read the story today and and go through it. So, <clears throat> Numbers 11, verse 18 through 23 says, that's where we're at, Numbers 11, verse 18. Before we keep going, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Holy Spirit, for your word. And we thank you, Father, for uh, what you have for us. And we thank you, Lord, that these are keys... Um, for us to fix in our heart, things for us to overcome in our hearts. And Lord, that if we can grasp this, Father, we will, we will explode in promotion and we'll explode in in growth. And so thank you, Holy Spirit, for, for, for softening up our hearts and allowing us to be able to receive and really grow and learn from these passages in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So Numbers 11, verse 18 through 23, and it says, And say to the people... Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, and you shall eat meat. For you have wept in the hearing of the Lord, saying, Who will give us meat to eat? For it was better for us in Egypt. So we're going to stop right there. Number one, it is, we've got to stop, uh, this is really dangerous. First of all, it's not a problem to share with God your needs, or even your desires, or your wants. But the problem is when we grumble in our hearts and complain and we wish that we were, well, why am I even following God? Or why am I even serving God? Or why am I even, see, see what happens is we become, uh, we create an idol in us, which is our belly, our desires, our cravings, our, uh, we have what we call, the, the scripture later on says the craving. Your cravings will kill you. Your cravings will kill you. The things that you're wanting, that you're actually putting in place of God, it's almost like you were following God just so you could get this craving. Mm. And then if you don't get this craving, then you say, I'm gonna stop following God because He didn't give me my craving. See? There's a difference between having a craving and submitting to the Lord. Yeah. Okay? And saying, Father, I wanna I want to follow you no matter what, you know, whether I have or have not. When, when you start following God, it's much like marriage. It till death to his part. In sickness and in health. You know? In poor, for richer or for poorer. It doesn't matter where I am. What circumstance I'm in. I will always follow the Lord because I'm devoted to him. Because I love him. You know? And he loves me. And he rescued me. You see? The thing is, he already did enough. When he took the people out of Egypt, that was enough. You see? But now they're wanting to go back to Egypt. Because they don't have meat. You see? For it was better for us in Egypt. They were longing for their abusive husband. Can you you imagine that? Can you imagine being married, uh, getting married, or a woman getting married to a man and the whole time they're married, she's like, it was better for me with Johnny. And she kept on comparing you to her previous relationship. You see? When the truth was, your previous relationship was abusive and this man saved you from it. Now, he may not have given you the nicest home or the nicest car or the nicest delicacies, you know? They were in Egypt with this abusive husband. They had all the riches in the world, you see? Egypt was rich. They had melons and cucumbers and, (laughs) you know? They had nice stuff. And so when they were, even though they were slaves, they were, and they were being abused, they had some of these nice things. So when they went, when God rescued them from being in slavery... They came out of slavery and didn't have all the nice stuff and they started to complain. they went into the wilderness, which was um, which is the place that everybody goes into before they are promoted everybody every time you every time it's time for you to go to the next level you will always go to a wilderness and I don't know why it's just the way it is I really don't understand why um, I just know it's the truth um, When Jesus got baptized in the river, before he started his ministry, that was his anointing to be the Christ, okay? And then after that anointing to be the Christ, he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, okay? And he went into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, eating no food or water, and there he was tempted. But he overcame the trial. He came out and was And started his miraculous ministry. And in one of the Gospels it says he came back in power of the Holy Spirit. Because he went into the wilderness and he came back out successful. It's good stuff. Moses, before he became the uh, servant of Israel, uh, before he became the, the, the leader of all of Israel, went into the wilderness for 40 years. It's good stuff. When the 40 years was over, he saw the burning bush. See, he went to go, he got married, he killed somebody in, in, 40, after his, in his 40th year. He killed somebody, ran for his life, went into the, into, the net, into the desert, into the Midianite desert, met Jethro, who was a high priest. So I believe he started learning from, about God in that wilderness, during that wilderness experience. After 40 years, he went back and became the prophet of Israel. Okay? Then he took the people out from their slavery, was taking them into the promised land, and they went into the wilderness. And it should have only been for a couple days. But they began to grumble. Okay? And so what happened was in their grumbling, they were uh, ended up being cursed. They couldn't enter the promised land because of their grumbling. So, this is just a matter of fact. Grumbling causes or stops the blessing. Okay? Grumbling stops your blessing. Thankfulness... Speeds in along. Yeah. But you can't have thankfulness without patience and endurance. These three right here are all keys to love. That's good. If you really love God, you'll be thankful. If you really love God, you'll be patient. If you really love God, you'll have endurance. God's love is never in question. It's only our love that's in question. He already did enough. He already paid the price. He paid the heaviest price for us, to die on the cross, to make us righteous before Him. He sacrificed the highest price for us. His question has, His love has already been demonstrated. Now the only person whose love is in question is now mine. You see, God has already demonstrated His love toward the Egyptians by saving them from their abusive husband. You know, bringing them into the promised land, but they grumbled and complained, which was unbelief. The only way you can get God to operate in your life is by faith. So if we have unbelief, we actually stop what's happening. Unbelief literally stops the blessing. Grumbling and complaining is a profession of your unbelief. When you grumble and complain, in your heart you question the integrity of the leader. See? When we're grumbling and complaining, this is all in our hearts. It's all in the heart, man. And it will eventually come out of the mouth. But we grumble and complain first in our heart. When we grumble and complain, we actually begin to question the integrity of the leader or of God. Okay? This is why they grumbled and complained against Moses. And and God said, You're making a mistake grumbling against my servant Moses. You know? Interesting stuff. Okay? So, this is what happened. Uh, Numbers chapter 11, verse 18. And say to the people, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, and you shall eat meat. For you have wept in the hearing of the Lord, saying, Who will give us meat to eat? So they're grumbling and complaining. And because they're... It wasn't a matter of petition. This wasn't them asking God, God, uh, we, we're going to ask you for meat. And we thank you, Father, for your goodness and your kindness. That's not what they, how they said it. What they said was, We don't have meat. You should have left us in Egypt. You see? It was totally a backwards... It was not a curious, a curious question. It wasn't a, it wasn't a questioning in the sense of, I want to learn more about God. It was a questioning in the integrity of God. They thought it was for, they thought it was, was for them, because they, they thought it was a joyride, basically. Right. So. Well, yeah. Well, here's the thing. God is, is more interested in loyalty. Okay. He cares more about our relationship with Him, Him more than He cares about any blessings. He loves us, so he did what was necessary to save us, and then if we love him, we'll do what's necessary to follow him. See, when it comes to following Christ, it's a matter of, why do I sacrifice? I'm not sacrificing just to kill me, just so that I'll be in pain. I'm sacrificing because he already sacrificed. See? He already sacrificed, but why do people sacrifice? Sacrifice is a sign of love. If someone's You know, shooting up a building and my children are there. I'm going to cover my children up with my body, you know? And I'll sacrifice my life for my children because I love them. Sacrifice is rooted in love. Love will always lead to sacrifice. See? So God loved us and it led to sacrifice. All right? He is not asking us to suffer just for the sake of suffering. He's asking us to love Him. Which means when we go living in this dark world, we will suffer. Scripture is very clear about that. We live in a dark world. He's not taking us out of the world yet. He's leaving us here for a purpose. Why? Because love sacrifices. And if I love God, I'm going to love people. And I'm not going to want to leave this world. I want to stay here for the people. Which means I may have to sacrifice. See? I'm going to have to go through a lot of tough stuff. Just so that I can... De- not 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 to prove my love. If I love, my love will be proved. Yeah. You see? it's It's not like he's testing us to see if we do love him. If we love him, we will sacrifice. You see? It's a matter of living from that love, not trying to get to proving that I'm righteous or proving that I'm in love with God. You see? We're not doing the works to become loving. We're not doing the works to become righteous. I am righteous, therefore the works come. I do love, therefore the sacrifice will come. For the love, for the, it says, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. The Lord, the Lord says that God demonstrated his own love toward us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So, sacrifice is a demonstration of the love that already exists. See? Sacrifice is a demonstration of the love that's already there. So... God is not trying to get us to earn our place with him. He just wants us to love him unconditionally. Just like he loves us unconditionally. No matter, even if I sinned, check this out. We, we want God to love us unconditionally, but we don't want to love God unconditionally. When, when all hell is breaking loose in our life and we don't understand, next thing you know, we want to stop loving God because God's not delivering. Mm. See? Now, that's a, that's a twisted understanding, I think, of, the, of, of how God works. But it doesn't change the fact that we have become conditional in our love. Because things didn't happen the way we wanted them to, now we're going to complain and we're going to stop loving God and we're going to stop serving God and we, we don't want to sacrifice anymore for God. You see? That's an unconditional love. Yet we want God to love us unconditionally, even though we have literally sinned against God. Even though God's never done anything to us and we might have been deceived in our brain, okay, that he, we think he's sinning against us right? Because he could have snapped his fingers and changed things, right? So automatically we actually God to sin. See how bad that is? Whew. When things don't happen the way we want them, we immediately attribute it to God's fault. We decide we're not going to love him anymore because, or we're not going to serve anymore because if God was good, why would he allow that to happen? Yet we want God to love us unconditionally when we deliberately sin. We were literally, you see how it's a double, it's a double standard, If we want God to love us, if we believe God loves us unconditionally, whether we serve him or not, right? Because he does. He does love us. That's why he sinned. I mean, that's why he died for our sins. God demonstrated his love toward us that though we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So in our sin, while we were enemies with God, God still demonstrated his love for us and died for us anyway. Unconditional love. So it's fair in a relationship like that, if God loves us unconditionally, for us to love God unconditionally—even now—I'm not saying it's a perfect understanding of God to say that He's doing those things to us. Okay, I'm not saying that's a perfect understanding. I'm saying, what if He did? What if? What if that theology was correct? Would you still not love God unconditionally, like He loves you unconditionally? It's a challenge. But now that we know, see, the thing is. Um, It's not even a matter of whether God's doing those things or not. It's a matter of whether or not we've questioned his integrity. See, God is good. God is just. God never does anything that's not just and is not good, okay? Because he is sinless, he is the only one who can judge sin, right? So we have to watch God and still love him all the time, just like he loves us all the time, you know? It's crazy. It's good stuff. But anyway, so now back onto the good theology. We know that God isn't um, an unjust God. We know that he's a good God. And that if he does anything, it it never violates his word. Okay, so we are going to read something here that kind of sounds dangerous, according to some of our theologies that we've built. Um, And, uh, you know, I want to explain it and and help us understand why it happened the way it happened. Um, But the point is, man, there's something that happens with grumbling and complaining. Grumbling and complaining is a heart of unbelief when we have an unbelief in God's... Check this out. You want to see something crazy? Unbelief is belief. But it's belief in the negative. It's belief that evil is going to come to you. The scripture, Jesus says, be according to your faith. Right? Be it according to your faith. So, isn't this interesting? Just think about this for a minute. Righteousness comes by faith, knowing that God has done enough to make me righteous. But if I don't believe that I am righteousness, if I don't believe that I have righteousness, if I don't believe that it belongs to me, then guess what does belong to me? The consequence of sin. As if I wasn't righteous, right? You see what I'm saying? So if I don't, watch this, if I don't believe that, Jesus, that, I, that God has done enough to make me righteous in Jesus, if I don't believe that, then I remain in my unrighteous state. Do you see? So what comes my way is just punishment for unrighteousness. Because that's what I believe. Be it according to your faith. You see what I'm saying? If I believe that I deserve it, then what's going to come to you? The thing that you believe. See? If I believe that I've been given the blessing by God, then what's gonna to come to me is the thing that comes from God, is the good blessing. But if I believe that I'm not gonna get it, if I believe that I'm just gonna get judgment, well then that's what's gonna happen. Do you see what I'm you see what I'm saying? That's how powerful your faith is. Unbelief is actually belief in the judgment of God. It's belief in it's belief in the negative. Does that make sense? Alright, so. These people when they started grumbling and complaining, they said they said things like, "Is it so that we could die here in the desert that you delivered us from Egypt?" So what did they believe? They believed that they were going to die in the desert. So what happened? They died in the desert. If they had believed that God, if they had believed the truth that God didn't want them to die in the desert, then they wouldn't have died in the desert. <laughs> you see? Their faith pulled something down because they looked with their eyes and they did not believe the word of the Lord, which was, I will rescue you out of this land and I will bring you into the promised land because they did not believe that because they chose to believe in their own understanding, because they chose to believe in their own mind, what they saw with their eyes. Did God bring us out of Egypt just to die in the wilderness? They believed that they were going to die in the wilderness. Therefore, they died in the wilderness. powerful stuff. If they believed the the Word of God, which was the truth. See, they believed a lie, and the lie became reality for them. You see? When you you put your faith on something, you actually link up to it. You connect with it, all right? So whatever you put your faith in, you're connecting to. So if you put your faith in the God of the living, and and that he's going to deliver you, then you're going to be linked up to the living, and you'll live. But if you believe that that God's just judging you, then you're going to link up to that judgment. You see? It's powerful stuff. It's a powerful way to think about it. and It makes a lot of sense when you realize that it's according to your faith. All right, so if grumbling grumbling and complaining is a profession of your faith, I don't believe that God's going to deliver me. You're not delivered.
1: Mm.
0: See? It's according to your faith. I believe God is going to deliver me, be it according to your faith. Every person in that scripture that did not believe that God was going to to deliver them never saw the deliverance of the Lord. Every person in that passage that did believe God was going to deliver them overcame the 40 years and all the plagues and all the attacks. They overcame all of them and entered into the promised land and took their land. This is Caleb. Look at this. This is crazy. Wow. Praise God. All right, so we're going to keep on reading Let's keep on reading. We just, I don't know if we're going to have leave numbers. This is too good. Who will give us meat to eat? For it was better for us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you meat, and you shall eat. Watch this. You shall not eat just one day, or two days, or five days, or ten days, or twenty days, but a whole month, until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you.
1: <laughs> is because... That, is that what the Lord said? Yeah, this
0: Moses was telling the Lord... Therefore, the Lord... Yeah. Well, Moses was telling him, but... well listen here, <laughs> and say to the people, so the Lord told Moses to tell it. okay? You shall so, so until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you because you have rejected the Lord. God did not reject his people. They rejected the Lord. This is so powerful. This is what happens when we reject the Lord, okay? It's pride. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and have wept before him saying, why did we come out of Egypt? You rejected the Lord when you wanted to go back. But Moses said, the people among who I am number 600,000 on foot and you have said, I will give them meat that they may eat a whole month. They eat a whole month. Shall flocks and herds be slaughtered for them and be enough for them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them and be enough? And the Lord said to Moses, is the Lord's hand shortened now you shall see whether my word will come true or not. Verse 31. Then a wind from the Lord sprang up and it brought quail from the sea and let them fall beside the camp about a day's journey on this side and a day's journey on the other side. Holy cow. Around the camp and about two cubits above the ground. Uh, 18. It was, it was like two feet thick for a day's journey. Above the ground the people arose all that day and all night and all the next day and gathered the quail. Those who gathered least gathered ten omers, which is uh, two hundred and twenty liters. So they packed a lot of meat. A lot of meat. And they spread them out before themselves all around the camp. Watch this. While the meat, look at this, they were what were they loving? They were not, they're not they were not serving the Lord. They were serving themselves. They were serving the belly. The God of their belly. Serving the God of their belly. This is why Jesus says, You cannot serve two masters, or you will hate one and despise the other.
1: Yeah. So is that what that verse is talking about?
0: Yes. I'll get to that in here in a minute. Okay. Um, While the meat was yet between their teeth, before it was consumed, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord struck down the people with a great plague. Therefore the name of that place was called Kibroth Hatava, because they buried there they buried the people who had the craving. From Kibroth, Hetaba, the people journeyed to Hazaroth and they remained at Hazaroth. Alright, so that's a hard passage to read. But you have to keep in mind, they were not submitting to the Lord. They did not have faith in God. They were questioning his integrity, and they rejected the Lord, the scripture says. So they did not have the blessing. See the thing is the scripture talks about how uh, if you obey my commandments and you okay, and you do what I tell you, then you'll have the blessing. So what they did was according to their custom according to their law according to their agreement with God, they broke their agreement with God when they rejected him at that point they no longer had this blessing in fact they inherited a curse but they already knew this beforehand they knew this back in exodus all right so they were they were intent they already knew with the knowledge of they understood okay they understood that if they broke this commandment that this would come upon them so Um, this is why... So a lot of people look at this and say, well, how could God do that? Well, he only kept his word. He's not a liar. You see? So at this point, God is actually... How could he not do it? You see? When he said, do this and that, but you don't do it, how could he not do it? The thing is, the Lord is not a liar. When he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. And that's good and bad. You see? And so these people... They didn't trust the word of the Lord, even for the curse. They didn't. They, if, the God didn't tr- if they didn't trust God for the blessing, then they obviously didn't under- trust God for the curse.
1: Hey guys, it's James Whetstone here. Thank you once again for your support and your views. We could not do this without you and your help. Uh, if you haven't got a chance to check out our website, um, please do that. It's B-A-L-M-Z-S dot com. Uh, we got all kinds of teachings and events, and, and all of our ministry pages there. Make yourself at home. Check us out. Uh, if you haven't liked our Facebook page, go to that. It's Bold as a Lion Ministries. Uh, every single week here on YouTube, we're trying to post a video on Mondays uh, to help help get everybody fed. Uh, just just continue to say stay tuned. If you haven't subscribed yet to our uh, to our YouTube page. Please do that. Um, also, follow us on Twitter uh, at the Daily Balm. Uh, that's B A L M. That stands for Bold as a Lion Ministries. Um, or a very soothing ointment. Um, we also have our podcasts on iTunes and Google Play. You just search Bold as Lion Ministries, and boom, you got it. We got a lot of things coming in the future. We're excited about. If you were touched by this message please consider giving us a one-time donation or becoming a monthly sponsor. We can't do it without our supporters, and thank everybody for supporting so much. We, we, Like I said, we cannot do this without you guys. So if you want to see bigger and better things in the future, consider becoming a monthly sponsor. Have a great week. God bless. We'll see you next Monday.